Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 20 of the KDH podcast. We've got a big guest on today. We've got joined by Colin Campbell. How are you doing, mate? Thanks for having me on, Christian. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Good, good. So today, um, we're going to be talking about being an office athlete, like, and, and I think this is, a, this is what Colin specializes in. So we'll start off with you, mate. What's your story, and what do you do now with your sort of business and your background? Yeah, of course, Christian. So for those that haven't come across me before, my name's Colin Campbell. I'm 28 from Bearsden, just outside Glasgow. For my day job, I work in corporate insurance in the business development sector. What that means in very basic terms is I work with large corporate clients, opening the door to ones that we don't currently provide risk and insurance advice to. And I phone them, I email them, I prospect them, I get meetings, I progress it forward, I present, I try and win business. So it's very much a, a high energy job. And you'll probably get that as, throughout this podcast. I like to bring the energy and the enthusiasm. And that's something that I found in sales and business development as my career. Um, and that's something I've been in for about coming up for six years now after doing a politics degree of all things at university. But yeah, I fell, fell into the insurance industry, fell into business development and extremely happy and just get a lot of fulfillment from it. I know a lot of people maybe don't find that in their corporate careers, but I certainly do, Christian. Oh, that's good, mate. And it's, I think you can always tell when someone's, the, the passion shows through in a job. And I think like now, like I've noticed it in like, I think in the fitness industry, like to be a successful coach, you have to be someone that throws their full life at it. And I don't care what anyone says. It is one of those jobs where if you're going to hold back slightly, like you, you shouldn't be doing it as a full-time job. You should maybe do it on a, an employed sort of serve, um, sort of thing. But like seeing that with yourself and seeing someone passionate, it's like a breath of fresh air to see it in other industries. Because I do think that people can be very, very mindless in a lot of jobs as well. So it's good to see that. Um, so like in regards to fitness, Colin, what's your sort of background with that? If anyone doesn't follow Colin as well, what's your hashtag on Instagram, mate? <laughs> my handle is uh, call.cambro and my kind of most common hashtags are hashtag take action and hashtag office athlete. So my MO in fitness is all about performing your peak across as many areas of your life as possible. So it's all well and good. You could be ripped out your, ripped out your mind and look fantastic. But if you're dragging your life through a job that you hate and you, you live to go to the gym, that's it. That's not fantastic. Likewise, if you're somebody that is buried and chasing their career, but you're heavily overweight, you've got terrible relationships, you uh, drown yourself in alcohol or drugs or whatever at the weekend to, to escape from the fact that you're, you're chasing something that you can't really get fulfillment from. I think that's a, a real challenge. So my, my own background in, in fitness, Christian, was I started training at the age of 15, 16 through rugby. Um, that was my sport growing up. We started strength and conditioning in the gym. I pretty much loved it right from the start. And just that feeling of going in and working yourself. I was just this typical skinny, skinny kid. I wasn't skinny fat, but I wasn't skinny ripped. So yeah my reaction to the weights was reasonable. I got quite strong quite quickly. We had quite a structured program. The problem came when they let us loose um, with our own programming after a couple of years. And you do what every young guy does and you start training the muscles that you can see in the mirror an awful lot harder than the ones that you can see from behind. So I had really strong bench, really strong chest, really strong shoulder press and push press but I had no rear delts, I had no external rotation, my upper mid-back was terrible, my squats were okay, but I had no hamstrings, no calves, still don't have any calves, and 
I started to get a lot of challenges with, with my body, Christian. And that's maybe something we'll come on to um, when it comes to how office workers can set up optimally. I had a real problem with my shoulders and rotator cuffs because I was getting a shoulder impingement and a rounding forward in my shoulder. For the listeners, anyone that pictures like the worst case example in your gym, kind of quasi-modo style hunchback in Notre Dame with their shoulders rounded forward, I was developing little parts of that because my front of my body was so much stronger than my back. I had to start addressing that. So I stopped playing rugby eventually because I was getting a lot of shoulder pain. And also I was uh, probably second or third year at university and wasn't as into it as I, as I was as a kid. And that's when I fell down the rabbit hole of informative fitness YouTube. Now that's uh, something that we all wish would maybe return because nowadays it's a bit more lifestyle and vloggy and day in the life of uh, some superstar yeah. that drives an I-8 and uh, makes clothing companies or whatever. But for me, I fell down the rabbit hole of some pretty informative sources and maybe we can riff on some of the stuff that you, you, you found at that point, Christian, but I found out about things like push pull legs. I found out about tracking macros. I found out about training frequency, all these different key principles for free online that helped me tremendously. And this was well before Instagram. And that was a game changer for me. And I kind of moved away from the rugby strength conditioning stuff and fell into training for aesthetics to bring that forward to present day. I have loved training for all that time probably trained for about 10, 12 years now at the, age of, at the age of 28. Most of my training has been focused on building as much muscle as possible on my physique naturally while maintaining a pretty lean, shredded, aesthetic look. And probably, I think it would have been January 2017, started sharing that on Instagram and social media, typically getting asked a lot of questions by friends, how I had a six pack on holiday and stuff like that from my personal page, set up a fitness page with my brother at the time, actually. And we posted every day informative content and it's grown arms and legs. It's now just my own page after about nine months, Ian took a step back. He didn't enjoy it as much, but it's grown arms and legs. We're three and a half years in and the, the Instagram's got about 14 and a half thousand followers, which is uh, amazing support. But that all came from posting informative, actionable content for people that, have normal lives rather than targeted at people who are full-time fitness models or um, somebody of that ilk. No, so that's, that's good, a mate. Bit of a ramble there, Christian, but lots to no, go into. That's good, mate, because like, if for anyone listening as well, I've literally just, I've not long been following Colin, listened to our podcast recently. We've been talking and it's always good. I always, I'm always keen to get people on that, that I know is going to have a good chat, which we are doing right now. And I just know that, I, I think, as we said already, you can tell that you, you've put a lot of it for someone to start up a sort of blogging page when at the end of the day, I know that I don't get paid for my Instagram, but at the end of the day, it is still generating me business. Do you know what I mean? And, and you're doing this off of, it's, but I suppose it's going to be doing a lot for you more than just like, oh, I'm just doing it for likes. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not that, like, I, I don't, I think, like one of the biggest things that I've learned off of posting social media over the past sort of consistently for about just over two years is that the, what it does for your self-development, what it does for your confidence, because you have it, it reinstalls things. You're not going to just post gibberish. You know I mean, you're not going to just post shit where people are going to be like, oh, I remember when I started PT and, and my knowledge was, it was good. I've been training for a long time. I remember like going, what the fuck did I post? Like, what is it? What did I post here? And it's like... I, I think the reason why I'm, I think I respect so much what you've done there is because posting content's a full-time job. And I, I don't think people appreciate that sometimes. Like, and I remember like my girlfriend daily, she's doing business management at uni and she was talking about how basically um, 
it's it's a type of like philosophy act where it's got like a name where you're posting content and you're delivering value, but it's not for any actual intention, but the value is that, yeah, it could generate you business. It could gen generate you a reputation uh, that people will recognize you. And that's why you do it. It's not like a, I'm doing it for this reason. It's, you're just doing it to, it's good for you. It's good for your development. And uh, what's your thoughts on that, mate? I think there's lots in that. And like you say, you posting content now as a, as a personal trainer and a coach, there's ultimately people see you as a credible person to go to when they need help with fat loss or muscle gain or want to get a bit healthier. And that's fantastic. For myself, it was more of a creative outlet. Don't get me wrong. In a business development role, in a sales role or account management role, you're constantly writing different proposals, different emails. I'm writing presentations. I'm getting some creative outlet, but it's about a pretty tight amount of subjects about risk and insurance. Whereas I did politics at university and that was initially with the aim of being a, a journalist. So I've always liked to write and explore ideas. And with a politics degree, one of the few big benefits is you take all this high level information that's maybe quite complicated with lots of stats and figures, and then you condense it down into something that hopefully the man on the street can understand. Now that's probably the problem that we've got with politics nowadays, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. But it's all about taking lots of information distilling it down and if that's not the case in fitness i don't know what is because think about the pts that try and speak biomechanics to their audience too often you look at their their roster and you look at their uh, accounts and company's house and they're not doing very fucking well the people that are doing well are the people that know this stuff but they then speak it in a language that everyone can understand now don't get me wrong there's plenty of times i wrote captions that were longer than needed to be a bit more wordy a bit more um intellectual than maybe was required and sometimes you're showing off to other coaches or other, other fitness people. But the ones that have responded the best that helped me grow that much over the last three and a half years have been the ones where I've taken high-level challenging ideas and principles and tried to teach it on to others. And I guess this might line up with what Ailey was saying. One of the best ways to actually retain and learn information yourself is to try and teach it on to somebody else. And who better to try and teach you on to than the masses on social media? Definitely. And I, I think like... It gave me great confidence as well, but it's like that way you're not going to just write things and talk about things if you're not confident in it as well. Um, it is, it's, it's a big one there. Like, like you, your, your delivery of service and everything improves. So personally, like, I think it was Jamie Alderton that said, no, it, was, it wasn't. It was, uh, I know that he always promotes his stuff. It was Gary V. Do you know Gary? Do you follow Gary V? And he said yeah, something about we've like... All, we've all seen a bit of Gary. Nah, I know he's got like 5 million followers or something. And... Uh, he was saying that like he always talks about things very intellectually and he's talking about things like everyone should be on social media not meaning like having a personal account he's like but everyone should have some sort of blog some sort of interest some sort of whatever it is because like what you can gain from it is what we are talking about right now i can't really put it into words it just it does something for you do you know what i mean like and it's it's a big one there so hats off to you mate for doing that do you know what i mean so if anyone is listening in and you do have something that you're a fucking expert on, do you know what I mean? Maybe you collect post-it notes or anything, start start a page, I don't know, do something about it because... It, it's an outlet. It's an yeah. outlet, Christian, and you can you can make it you make it private to start with if you're not comfortable sharing it with the world, but just write 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 something. I mean, one of the things I started doing at the start of the lockdown period was I started journaling, and it was just another way for me to put 
thoughts out on paper. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not going on to a public forum, but a lot of people listening will probably have something that they've got thoughts and feelings about that might interest other people. There might be other people just like you who are thinking about this kind of stuff that want to talk about it. You, you don't, it could be a stamp collector, a post-it note collector, whatever it is. There, there's people out there and you can find a tribe of individuals that you might get on with and have a connection with. I know. I heard something a while ago as well. You know, you're always going to have an audience as well. It doesn't matter. Like, you, like and especially on the internet, like you're always, you will find there's people that like fall in love with roller coasters and they've got pals that do it as well. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're going to find there's going to, there's going to be something like, like if you're interested, don't ever think. I always say that the one in five rule, it doesn't matter how many people there are in the room will always be at least one in five people will dislike you and it goes the other way as well i mean there's always going to be at least one out of those five that's going to absolutely adore you and who knows it might be the making of you as well so that's a big one there um so obviously kind of tying in with what you were saying there about how you kind of got about creating your social media page because i was uh, i was talking to uh, colin before this and i was talking about the questions i was going to go through and I was nervous going, what am I going to, I don't actually really know Colin that well. Like I don't, and I know that I get a lot of people on the podcast, but I didn't even, but usually they've maybe got, they're a coach or I've had a couple of big guests on recently. It was a, a CrossFit athlete that I've read the book, but I genuinely was like, what, what is the script here? I don't actually know. So it's good for me to hear firsthand what's going on, but tying in with um, obviously what you were saying there about the sort of office athlete. Um, there's a lot of people that we know that, and in a position where maybe they have previously been into exercise, they're now at a job that's sedentary. Um, there's more jobs sedentary now than ever. Do you know what I mean? There's more desk jobs now than ever. You were talking about why it was the sort of reasoning behind your page. For anyone listening right now, um, what free piece of advice would you give to anyone that's struggling to get into fitness that works in an office right now? What's like, that's very broad, mate. So you can go wild with that. You can go off, but try and keep it to free if there's free prime ones. Yeah, well, I, I can definitely I can definitely do three for us, Christian. So, the first of those, anyone that wants to get into their fitness and stick to their fitness and do well in their fitness, there needs to be, and this is so unsexy. That's the problem that some people uh, be hoping for some magic here, but structure and planning, and that is such a hard thing to sell to people because it takes a little bit of initial pain and inertia to set that up. But once you've got that set up, you're going to be in a much better position. So my suggestion around that would be looking at your schedule. What's your availability? What's your goal in terms of fitness? What, like how serious are you going to be? Do, do you want to look like me and Christian? Or do you want to look the best version of yourself? Uh, that you've, that you've, you look down, you've, never seen your, you've not seen your dick in, in, in six years because you've put on too much weight from working at a desk. That, it could be, it could be, it could be wh- whatever that is, or you want to fit in a dress for your, for, your, for your wedding next year. It could be any goal at all. Accept what that goal is and then work back on what your availability is. So if you work five days a week at a desk or you're on night shifts four nights a week, dictate what your availability actually is going to be to work towards your fitness goal. And from there, the term that I love is non-negotiables. So for me, with my own goals, my non-negotiables are things like train five days a week, walk 10,000 steps per day, meal prep my breakfast and lunch for Monday to Friday, sleep eight to nine hours a night, get off my phone an hour before bed. Now, that sounds like an absolute ton. So depending where you are in your fitness journey, you might be like, fuck's sake, Colin, that's so much for me to try and add in. 
But what I'm going to ask you to do is scale some of those back and so remove some of those because they don't need to be there just yet. So if you're, if you're somebody that's never trained consistently more than once or twice a week, don't put in you're going to train five days a week. Commit to three days a week and schedule it at times that you know you're going to do. So if on a Wednesday you have to go to your grands and pick her up and drive her around after work, you're probably not going to go and do that training session. So Wednesday is out. Likewise for me on a Tuesday in normal times outside of COVID, I go from Glasgow to Edinburgh and I'm there from, I'm on the 6.30 train and I get the, the 5.30 train back. So I'm out the house for 12, 14 hours. I just accept that Tuesday is absolutely not going to be a training day. So if I'm doing five days, Tuesday's out, meaning that I only have one more day to use in terms of a non-training day. So everyone can look at their schedule and build in their structure and build in their training and their planning towards that rather than setting up these unrealistic airy-fairy goals like, oh, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to go to the gym three days a week. What three days? What time? What's it going to look like? And that will 100% make things a lot easier. I don't know about you, Christian, but I'm sure a lot of your clients will need that level of guidance and structure to adhere Definitely. to the framework, especially so, if they're a busy worker. Yeah, so one of my, you were talking to me yesterday. Sunday's my planning day, Monday's my admin day. That's what I call them both. And I've really honed into this like, over the past, like, since lockdown, um, gave me a lot of time to strip things back. And I've always been good with planning. But now my clients, every single one of them, like, I'm, I check in with everyone on a Sunday. So I'm, I'm, I'm just a one-to-one coach and uh, I'm just, I'm just a one-to-one coach. I'm a one-to-one coach and I've got group training as well. So uh, my messages go out on a Sunday to every individual. I, ref, I get them to reflect on the week and I get them to think about what we're going to try and focus on for the week ahead. And just having that accountability from me uh, and having that reflection, that's five areas, productivity, activity, calorie management, um, time to themselves and sleep uh, activity and exercise right. as well it's just five areas I can't remember six, something like that and then I get them to score one to five in each area and then I get them to have a think about basically how why, why are things down but the thing the reason I get people to do it as well is because they realize that the scores are never always going to be fives they're never going to be all fives you know what I mean they're always yep. going to be one areas down and I think that's why it's important to have that plan in there because if you leave things to chance, they won't get done. And like you said there, Colin, like if you start saying things, I'm going to go to the gym three times this week, it's wishful thinking. You need to have it in your diary. You need to have it. Like now, I put my training in my diary now, and I've only started doing it. I've done it when I started personal training. Stopped doing it. And I've always just been, I'm very, very consistent. But now I'm the busiest I've been in the sense that my days are very, very structured. My training's in my diary now. And I'm the same as you. I just, today, I was that busy today. And I done an event yesterday, so I'm taking a recovery day today anyway. Tuesday would usually be my recovery day for that, so I've just flipped it over. And I think it's important to tie in as well. Like, I know we're talking physique sort of training here, but if you're doing a lot of things, I know that is performance-driven training as well, strength gains and that. It's important to have that redundancy there as well. So say, for example, one of your, your training days are a Monday. The mistake I used to make was I lived like Monday was chest day, Tuesday was back yeah. day. So if I missed a Monday, I didn't train chest that week. I was on Tuesday. Have a redundancy that you flip things around so that it's like you would, so for example, me today, I'll do Monday's workout tomorrow and then I'll have the rest today because of that. And it's having all these things in place is this is how you get it done and having things written down. Like now that if a client, a client messages me and says, 
um, they'll be listening in right now, you're like, you dickhead. And they'll be like, Christian, can you move this time? If my training's penciled in there, I won't, I won't put them in there. That's my training. That is a part of my week. It will make me effective as a coach. It will make me effective. And, and, and I think that's something that's taken me a long time to do that. Like, I'll just say no. And, and I think having, as you said, non-negotiables is a phrase I use as well. And I think a lot of good sort of like good coaches, good trainers, people that just train themselves, like they use this, this ethos as well, because it has to be. And as you said, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound not, not nice, but it doesn't sound glamorous. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I do 10,000 steps a day. But the thing is when you do it, it will never be as hard as when you initially done it. And I always use the example. It's like when you're starting up a petrol lawnmower, the first week is like, you're just yeah. choking, you're choking. Second week, it's starting to make more noise. Third week, it's running, and then you just keep it going. But I suppose the more you drill a habit, the more it goes as well. And so that's a wee add-on to that. There, I thought that would be valuable. Yeah, that's that, that's massive. And you've used the term non-negotiables. You've used the term habits there as well. For any listeners that uh, are into their self-development or are maybe just trying to start that journey, Atomic Habits is one of my favorite books yeah. because it builds these actionable steps. And when we're talk- when Chris and I are riffing there about structure and planning and moving things around and knowing that we've got a contingency or a redundancy plan whatever it is you're able to move things around because you've done it for a period of time give yourself the chance by doing something and sticking to something hard and being having non-negotiables for a period and then you can have that more flexibility once you're in it the second thing that i've got christian is having a having a, a, a fairly strict training plan that has enjoyment built into it so how many office workers, and I don't know how many people listening to this will resonate with this, but you're, you're sat at your desk and you know you're going after, you're, 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 you maybe really enjoy your training and you're going to the gym and you're going to train back and biceps and you're, you're like, brilliant, five o'clock hits, back and biceps. And you look across and Susan or Sarah says, oh, I've got spin after work again. Uh, I might just patch it. And you're thinking... At what point did you decide that spin was the method for you if you hate it? Like, like there's no set type of exercise and routine that you need to do. So for me, when you set up your training program, and let's say you've agreed to the three days that, that you and I are suggesting, Christian, to start off with, have two of those days, make them optimal towards your goal. If your goal is physique-based, it's going to have to be some form of weight training, and you can learn to love that and work through it. The third day, if you love running 5Ks, run a 5K. If you love Zumba classes, go to a Zumba class. If you love spin, go to spin. If you hate all three of those, do something different. Go for a cycle. Go for a walk with your friends. Go whatever you want to do. There's so many options available to you. So have your structured training program where two to three or however many days are entirely built towards your goal. And if you don't like it initially, that's challenging. But give yourself a chance to but make sure that within your program somewhere, there's a level of enjoyment so that when you leave work or when you get up before work in the morning and you have to go and train, you have to go and do something, there needs to be a, and we'll, we'll link back to Atomic Habits, there needs to be a reward for your habit to some extent. You need to get some sort of dopamine boost. You need to get some sort of endorphins back. So don't restrict yourself to that spin class that you drag yourself to and you hate. Don't restrict yourself to that arm day at the gym that you just snooze your way through because you're like oh this doesn't challenge me it doesn't excite me do something different and trainers like christian have got things like group classes and boot camps where you can go into an environment where if you're maybe not feeling it initially you might be feeling it by the end you you'll feel it by the time you've got started whereas if you're dragging yourself to the gym yourself it's a rubbish atmosphere you've got 
you've got your headphones in, but you're, you're not listening to anything particularly motivating and inspiring or hyping you up, then you're going to really struggle. So that second one for me, Christian, is all about having your training program set up to be optimal, of course, in terms of like hitting the muscle groups as frequently as possible and building towards uh, getting progressively stronger, but also an element of enjoyment needs to sit within that too. No, definitely. And I think like you nailed it as well. Community is a big one. Like, like, I think sometimes people put words in their mouth and if my mom's listening to this back, um, she always laughs at me because she always says, I don't like group training. I'm like, well, you just say that. No, I, sorry. She says, I only like group training. I don't like training in the gym. Okay. Like, but the more you say that, like it's just going to manifest as well. And I think it's like, <laughs> like maybe like, ex- and I think it's a shame because you, people get bad experiences in gyms and it's not like they maybe go to a, a, a coach, a personal trainer, they hated it. It could be down to the fact that they went with someone that wasn't suited. Maybe they paired up. Maybe the coach wasn't good for guidance. Maybe they didn't like the atmosphere of the gym. Maybe it was just a bad experience. They were really anxious. And do you know I mean, you go into some gyms and like, don't get me wrong. Like people always go, like, people will always, anyone that works at any gym will always say, oh, this suits me. But like at the end of the day, like, they might not like the how loud the music is or something. They might not like how some of the trainers dress or whatever, and they're immediately put off and they're just scarred by that. So I think like that a big one to tie in with that is don't set yourself up to fail as well by manifesting like negativity. Like don't just like put words in your own mouth and say, oh, I don't I don't do that. Because I think like you need you need to be a bit more open. And I suppose like I, like even going back to the initial part we were talking about with the content and stuff, like since I became a coach and, and writing stuff and, and talking to a lot of people and connecting with a lot of people, especially from my podcast and stuff, I'm very, very open-minded now. I will try anything. And I'm actually, I actually like doing different things that I'm not the best at. I like stepping into that. At the start of the year, I was going to Olympic lifting coaching um, because okay. I've been doing CrossFit and it's not my strong point. And I like going in there and there's like, there's like 40 year old women chucking about more weight than I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, it's, I think rather than using it as something that's a negative vibe, you should look at the community as like, you should be humbled by it. You shouldn't, like, like, I think some people go to the gym, they do a bro split for two years, then they're like that. I am the king of the gym. Do you know what I mean? I am the king. And uh, you're like, I think putting yourself out there, I know I've kind of went off on tangent about like the community and stuff, but it's, it's all relevant. I think it's all relevant. And, and one of the things that resonates with me there is, you've let your ego die to an extent. And I know some yeah. people are going to be listening to that thinking you boys are getting awfully deep here talking about manifesting and egos. But for, but for me, let's open our minds a little bit to the fact that if we do rigidly stick to the same thing and it maybe isn't, maybe it isn't even given us the best possible results. So we know the bro split for those listening. That's like your, your chest Mondays, back Tuesdays, shoulders, Thursdays, legs, never potentially <laughs> that isn't optimal for training and it's not optimal for health. It's not optimal for your schedule. And you're just maybe sticking to that because you're comfortable with it. Whereas what you're talking about, Christian, is going outside your comfort zone, going to an Olympic weightlifting class, going to a CrossFit box where you're going to be pushed outside your comfort zone by the nature of the community around you, but also by the nature of what you're partaking in in terms of the skill level involved and potentially the discomfort from the exercise. So I love that message in terms of when we're thinking about our attitude towards exercise let's be as open as possible yes it might be that you try these things for two to three weeks and you're like not for me but that's fine you've given it a try whereas if you've only ever done chest on a monday and like you say back on a tuesday and, and that's what you're 
life has looked like and your results aren't that fantastic and you don't look the way you want to look or you don't feel the way you want to feel, then maybe it's time to accept there's other options out there. And yeah. I guess the, the, the third one for me, Christian, and this is probably in line with the, the kind of level of depth that we're going to now, my third one, serve yourself first. If you're an office worker and you clock in about half past eight, nine o'clock, and you're on until five, five thirty, whatever it is, you need to serve yourself first in the morning. Now, there's lots of different ways that you can do that, but I'm going to give you a really high level example of what I think that looks like personally. The first thing first, after seven, eight, nine hours in bed, hopefully that you're getting, you're going to be very dehydrated. So you need to get some water on board. If you're really dehydrated, you might need to add some salt to that water, add some lemon, whatever it is to help you get that down. But you need to get a good pint of water down the gullet. Alongside that, if you are somebody that's into their supplements and whatnot, at that point, get your supplements in as well. For me, before you are doing anything else, do something, do something that serves you. So you've hydrated. You might want to maybe do some mobility work, some stretching to make your body feel better, to feel more ready to go about your day. You might want to go for a walk. And may I just underline that at this point, you are absolutely fucking not opening social media or opening your messages. I have been so guilty in the past of rushing to, as soon as I turn my alarm off, I'm walking through to the kitchen to get a glass of water and I'm on my phone. I'm checking WhatsApp. I'm checking Facebook. I'm checking Instagram. I'm replying to messages. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter, seeing what's happening in the world. All of this stuff does not serve you at that moment in time. And I promise you in 15, 20 minutes time, once you've served yourself, that stuff will still be there. It'll still be there when you sit on the train on the way to work. It'll still be there when you get to the office. It'll still be there after you've hydrated, after you've gone a walk, after you've maybe written a gratitude journal, whatever you want to do. I'm not going to tell you to change everything, but give yourself 15, 20, 30 minutes, however long you've got before you need to start your commute or start logging on for work to get yourself in a good position to be healthy and happy. So straight away, you've done something that moves towards your health. You're hydrated. You may be going to walk. You've increased your knee. You've increased your number of steps you get for the day, or you've done your mobility so that when you go to the gym that night, your body's feeling a bit more limber and loose. It's not still sore from legs two days ago, or it's not, you've not still got that shoulder pain that you had from, from that bench press injury you got years ago. You've been working on your, on your rotator cuff in your living room every morning at 7.30 in the morning to get yourself ready. So I, I, don't, I don't know about you, Christian, but we can maybe go into morning routines and stuff like that. But I think as an office worker, and I'm sure as a, as a busy, busy PT as well, making sure that you serve number one before your day kicks off puts you on a winning start. And I love momentum. So if you start strong, I think momentum continues throughout the rest of the day. 100% mate. Um, I've been doing like, I think over, I let things actually was quite, before lockdown, I was not dead happy with things. I didn't realize like, I was so busy with um, one-to-one. Um, things were good, but I look back, not that your, your body fat like defines how happy you are and stuff, but I was looking back at even like some pictures of me and stuff and my training was, my, I've always, for the past sort of good few years, I train, I always train. I like to say I train pretty hard. I do a lot of tough events and stuff and I always do that. But I, I, was, I was looking back at photos of like January and I let things slide how I usually take pride in my appearance and stuff. And it wasn't, if anyone's looking at it, they're probably like, no, you didn't. I'm like, but I did. Like, I did. I didn't care. I was, I was a prisoner to my phone and stuff. I just let things slide. In lockdown, for me, allowed me to take a massive step back, look at things and reevaluate it. And I've been toying about a lot with morning routines. And it's any new clients that I get coming on, working with me, 
in a one-to-one basis now. It's totally when I'm on when I'm sending out my initial email with a program, most of it's just genuinely focused at the lifestyle habits um, outside of the gym. And that's what my social media content is mostly focused at. It's like one of my clients said to me recently, you don't really post much about exercise. I was like, I know. Like it's it's not really it's more about helping at the end of the day, like you can tell anyone like the bread and butter of being a coach is that you should show someone how to get their desired goal, whether it be a physique. But an unhappy mind isn't going to stimulate a good physique. Do you know what I mean? And if you are awake, like, and I've, you will know in the past few years, you think back to, I remember when I had my um, Motorola Razor, like you had the only access, you, and I'm sitting talking this as if it's purely, we, I was born 93. So like when you, my first mobile phone, you didn't have access, you weren't connected the way you were now. And now the connection's insane. Like you can connect with people on so many levels that we are addicted to it. And I think one of the big things I've done recently was bought an alarm clock. So my phone is on airplane mode from like 9 p.m. Um, not tonight, because we're obviously doing that. Um, so it's usually on airplane mode. Last night was the first time in ages I sat up late on my phone and I went to bed. That's why I was just saying to you, I'm so tired. I got my promo video for my boot camp and I was trying to put a snip up and I got stuck on it for ages, trying to get the quality up. Next thing you know, it's bloody after 10 o'clock, I'm up at half five and I was going, fuck's sake. And do you know how shit I felt today because of that? I don't do that anymore. My phone is off at nine. I'm winding down, I'm switching off. And my, I'm like, I remember there was a phase for about a good six months last year, Colin, where I was going into work and I was like, I feel like shit. Like I was so yeah. lethargic. And I was counting down the hours because my routine outside of the gym had just gone to shit. Yeah, my training was good. I was in good shape. I was unhappy because I was letting other things take control. And uh, it's been a massive thing for me, like really drilling that. And it just goes to show that it never stops. And, and what I was kind of tying in what, what I was saying there, like reflecting, that's why reflecting on a Sunday is something that I'm going to do every week now because it needs to be done for me. Otherwise, these things can manifest. And although, yeah, to an untrained eye, my business was still rolling well. My content creation yeah. was good. I was still knocking out events. I was still training consistently. I wasn't 100% happy because of certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like things were kind of spiraling out. Like my time to, I was zero time to myself. Absolutely zero. I was just on a, I was, and I think that's a, uh, sorry, what were you going to say there, mate? I think that's hugely important that one of the things that you said there is that from the outside, a lot of people be like, oh, he's smashing his business. He's, he's, uh, he's smashing his training. He's, uh, he looks happy on it, on Instagram and all that. That's absolutely fine. But your standards are your standards. Don't get me wrong. Like it, there's, there's people that I work with in the, in the business development that sign accounts that are worth a hundred thousand pounds. If I sign one that's worth 25,000, that might be a big win for me because that's the stage I'm at in my career or that's the stage that I'm at in my life. So for people to compare their happiness to yours or to maybe be unsure about, oh, what's he got to be unhappy about or why is he not at his happiest or his peak? Because you maybe hold different standards and different metrics and that's absolutely fine. And the thing that I love about what you're saying is that you could be smashing it in certain areas but one particular area is incredibly important to you and that's your actual well-being when it comes to sleep quality and how you feel and how you talk. So an extra couple of clients a week, maybe a, a couple hundred pounds a week, couple hundred, a few hundred pounds a month, 
that doesn't negate the fact that you weren't sleeping as well and you weren't as energized when you were speaking to your friends and your family. You weren't as happy when you looked at when you looked in the mirror, not just from an aesthetic perspective, but from a how tired I look perspective. And that's an incredible important message for people that are listening to this that maybe think that from the outside there can be metrics that are going really well. But if you're not serving yourself otherwise, fulfillment isn't necessarily there. Yeah, this, it's a big one for me and it's something that I'm working on like because there was a point where I, I wasn't there, mate. Like I'd be sitting like with my girlfriend, I'd be sitting with like, my family and I wasn't there. I was just like somewhere else and don't get me wrong, like you still like more, it's more now. Like that was because like I just couldn't like, I'd just be like, I can't switch off right now. Now when I get that, it's more because I'm so buzzing about something. Like last night, I was genuinely buzzing about that promo video and I'm actually meant to be uploading it. 45 minutes ago but I didn't have time to do it so <laughs> we're planning um but yeah like I think like this is a very very valid point and I think it kind of ties in with that there. I think you like this Colin that being a coach has taught me to be on le- be on the same level as anyone else because like what I remember what I, when I used to be in the armed forces like you would work with like executive officers I wasn't an exec I wasn't an officer I was just a um an SEC a senior aircraftsman and basically like the if if anyone's tuned in, these are assholes. No, I'm joking. They basically you would you would get that first and second class citizen feel sometimes. And I know yeah. that people will say it's not there. It fucking is. It's a hundred percent. The military goes back a long time. And now as I've became a coach, I've worked with people that are like fucking multi-millionaires, but the body and mental health is in such a bad place. And I look at them and I go like that, fuck man, I would love to have your bank account. I'd love to have your house. And they look at me and they go, I want your mindset and I want your physique and I want your fitness. And it's so funny yeah. that like, like that, it's a massive thing that I've learned that everyone's in the same level. And it's me and you, like you might want different things from me, Colin, but at the end of the day, everyone always looks at someone else and they're envious in some way, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? That they are, oh, I wish I had that. There's elements to that that's healthy. And I think that's why when it came to coming up with my three that you wanted to talk about, obviously we've got things like structure and planning. We've got things like what you actually do. But then we've got that third one that's a little bit more holistic. And I know that's a really popular cliched term at the moment in the, in the, in the fitness space. But genuinely, if you're not looking after yourself and putting yourself in a position to win, these top two can be fantastic. And you can have your diary down to the minute. You can have the optimal training program that you quite enjoy that, makes you have a great body but if you're not feeling great and being able to serve yourself and then serve others around you from that then it can it can all be a little bit of a whole victory i suppose and um i think it's been good to have a lot more people talking about things like modern routines screen time reduction content consumption what we consume and serving ourselves first and i hope that's a, a message that your listeners resonate with no definitely um it's I'm, I'm glad those sort of, there's some big points we touched on there, mate. They kind of opened up. So I just left my phone on. I was flicking about with it there and switched off a silent. Um, yeah, no, good, some good points there. And a lot of like, a lot, I love going off on the tangent in these podcasts. You, you just get your, your brain juices start going and you just start going, God, I can talk about that. So that's the beauty of them. Um, so one of the points I wanted to talk to you about, mate, was like, um, I seen a post that you recently put up. Um, you've done one year of sobriety. What was your what was your reasons behind this? And tell us a bit about it. So first of all, I think the important thing to underline is that I am not a problem drinker. I'm not an alcoholic. I've never had any addiction. So straight away, if my one year sobriety makes you feel uncomfortable, 
try and move away from that and see it for what it is. And what that was, was I used it as a productivity hack and a happiness hack. Now that's not to say that alcohol made me depressed or anxious or any of these things in terms of a diagnosis. But I think we all know that when it comes to a hungover day, that's probably the lowest that you feel out of your week or month or whenever, how often you're choosing to drink. And society, particularly in Scotland, where I guess a lot of the listeners will be coming from, we have alcohol for birthdays, for weddings, for celebrations, for commiserations, for just because we're out for dinner. We, we, we tend to have a lot of alcohol. And for me, it's actually, I didn't go from zero to 100, Christian. I think that's an important message as well. I effectively, probably from the end of university, so about 2014, I was drinking four or five times a year. So I would drink on holiday when I went to Ibiza. If I went to Dubai, I would drink on my brother's birthday and I would drink on my birthday. So I kind of had a fairly decent relationship in terms of picking when I would drink alcohol. And I guess it's important to say I didn't really enjoy the taste of it. So I'm not somebody that would want maybe a beer at the end of a night out or sorry, the end of a a hard working day. I preferred uh, a good good, good piss up and getting really mad with it on 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 a night out. So I was more all or nothing. And I would rather have nothing and have use of my car than have one or two pints and the calories, maybe the bit of a fuzzy head, not be able to use your car, have to get a taxi, have to walk home, all that kind of stuff. That kind of started to become a thing for me. So when it came to my birthday last year, last October, we went out for my 27th birthday. We had a good enough night out, got pretty drunk, pretty hungover the next day. It wasn't a case of oh my God, I'm never drinking again. You know, those kind of basic bitch statuses. Somebody, somebody bring me an ice blast, totes hanging. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it wasn't like that, Christian. It was very much uh, a productivity approach to have a number of different things. And that is more time because you're never hungover. You never have to have a lie-in. You never have a day where you're wasted. You have more money because alcohol is expensive, but also so is the food, the taxis and the, the entry to nightclubs and whatever else you're up to. You also have more calories. One of the things that we forget from a fitness perspective, and you can definitely lose weight and get in shape while drinking an alcohol to a moderate level or fairly regularly, but you have a lot more calories to play with because if you go out on a Saturday night, as a particularly as a female, you are going to find it very, very difficult to remain in a weekly calorie deficit if you have a bottle of wine and a, and a few vodkas because that's going to be north of a thousand calories and you're probably dieting down on 13, 14, 1500. The other thing that I had more of was more productivity and focus and clarity. And that's a little bit harder to measure, but everyone knows that if they go for a big one on the Saturday, you may be hungover on the Sunday, you don't feel great. Monday, you're back to work and you're, you're back training and, and things are okay, but they're not quite as good as they are when you're, I hate the term off it or off it, but for a period of time, you take some time away from it. So for me, those were the fundamental drivers of why I decided to try it for a year. There was a number of sources I was consuming, which made that easier for me. But one thing I would say for anyone listening that thinks a year, no drinking, that must be terrible. You do hone a lot of other things in terms of your social skills by going to, I was, so I was still going to quite a lot of environments where I was at Halloween parties. I was at New Year's parties. I was at my friend's birthday but I was still able to bring my social skills and my personality without the use of alcohol. And that can be very intimidating. 
But it's like the gym. You get stronger over time. You get time under tension. You get time under the barbell and you get used to it. And it actually develops you. And much like you and I have spoken about in the last couple of days about podcasting and you feeling more confident in terms of uh, putting your point across and that's transferring into how you speak to your clients and everything like that. And very much the same for me. My goodness, going to lots of social occasions, stone cold sober and still being somebody that people want to talk to and interact with, you're still sharp. You're still on point. And I guess I've, I've, I've rambled on there quite a lot there, Christian. But for me, if you've never taken a sustained break from alcohol that hasn't been like a dry January or sober October where you've shut yourself away and it's been really, you've been like counting down the days till you can go back and out and see your pals, try and take a 28, 30, 60-day break, but still interact with the people that you enjoy and spend time with. And you might find that you actually don't just enjoy going to the pub to get pished. You maybe just enjoy going to the pub to see the people that you spend time with and to interact with them. And that's another thing that maybe we would go off on a whole sidetrack on. But quite often, you will find that some of your friends are friends through convenience due to their availability to drink at the same time at the same venue as you. And that's a pretty fucking hard pill to swallow at times as well. But that's maybe a topic for another day. Yeah, no, like, I totally agree with you, mate. Like, it's not that I, I don't drink. I, I had a drink at the past two weekends and nothing heavy, probably, like, eight beers or something. Like, I've actually, I, I used to be very all or nothing. Now I'm, like, not all the time, but when I do, it's not dead heavy. Then once in a blue moon, I'll have a heavy duty one. It's changed. I used to be all or nothing and quite often. Um, and I think that the, the reason why I don't do it as much anymore it's some of the things that you highlighted there have nailed it. Like I don't like that. I, I used to be, I used to be someone that drank a lot because of that was my identity. I was in the military. Everyone went out. That's so you went out and got the piss. Everyone got fucking wrecked and it was all funny. And it was like, it's not a really, 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 it can, it doesn't do a lot for you. Do you know what I mean? You end up getting stuck in a vicious cycle that you, you think you have to be this person when you're pissed in it all the time. And I think what you were saying there, like, People do see that. They go, I'm going to do Sober October in, in the direction to get on the booze because that's the person they think they need to be. Um, and it's it's a shame. Like, I think people are a bit of a prisoner to it. I mentioned it before as well. I used to smoke and um, I didn't like what smoking done for me. I didn't like being a prisoner to a cigarette. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons I stopped. I just didn't like that. It was like, I was addicted to that. I, I hated that. And I, I think in my full ethos is like being able to be fit strong capable and like i would like to think that if someone just randomly put me on fucking bear girls island i'd win it like that's my sort of mentality and i feel like i remember i remember the first time i ever heard one of the reasons that this is a really really off tangent thing but one of the guys i used to work with went for like the special forces the srr and uh he um was saying he turned up on day one and they went like that right put your kit list out in the bed and they were like, ah, you don't smoke? <laughs> Cigarettes were out there. And he says there was like, I don't know how many folk in the room. And they went, you don't smoke anymore? And they were like, ah. like there was like, there was folk that packed it in because they couldn't smoke. And I was like, God, how fucking weak-minded is that? That, that they went, it's not on your kit list. And he did it. He ended up not getting in. But I remember he told me that story and it stuck with me because it was like, holy shit. Like, that's mental. That, that, that's how... You reach how, peak performance, you have to not smoke. yeah. I know it's it's crazy. So I think theirs was more. I think from that sense, there it probably there was a lot of folk in the military smoking a lot of pure tools as well, mate. Like proper weapons, man. And you were like, and it it. But I think it, from the standpoint of that, it was down to like that's just sort of sort of military mind game thing. For it's like you don't do that, and then it's like, oh my god, 
<laughs> that do I do that? Is that me? And then it's just seen or not if yeah. you stick it. But that I remember I got told that, and it's something that stuck with me. And I was like, "Fuck, I wouldn't like to be in a position." And I, I think it's the same way. I don't like drinking as much anymore. I don't like how it makes me feel. I don't like how it impacts my business. Don't get me wrong. I do love a piss up as much as anyone else. I love a pure good night out. And I think when you kind of save them up, they do become a bit better as well for that reason. Do you know what I mean the? Like as you were saying, maybe a weekend away on holiday or something. If you go to, I went to Ibiza for the weekend. My cousin last year, and it was a brilliant weekend. But like, and you cherish it a bit more because sometimes I remember it got to a point with alcohol, but I was like, this is just the same. Do you know what I mean, like, and as I think what you said there about the, the hard pill to swallow is that maybe you are friends with people just because you enjoy drinking with them and you enjoy drinking the same place. But that's okay. But at the end of the day, you need to come to terms with that. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah, it can be um, quite uncomfortable to think about and. I think one of the things you said there about there was nothing, sometimes there's nothing new for you to learn. So for me, when you, when you take a break, when you reintroduce it, you're more able to say, oh, John's 26th, where we're going to the same pub and same nightclub that we've been to for the last four years for his birthday. I mean, I probably don't need to spend 60 quid on booze and have a stinking hangover for two days because of that. And whereas if, like you say, you, you, you go on holiday to Ibiza for the weekend, like that you're going to experience new stuff you're going to learn new stuff you're going to have new fun eye-opening and enjoyable experiences that you're going to remember whereas another night at the i don't know whatever the local pub is the 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 dog and duck it's this it's it's the same it's it's the same and nothing changes and one of the quotes that sticks with me and is similar to your your smoking discussion there christian alcohol is the only drug that if you don't take it, people assume you have a problem. Now, that's quite hard-hitting and it can be quite uh, a difficult thing to take on board. But equally, think about this perspective. If somebody asks you how your night out was and you say, oh, it was amazing, John got arrested and Sarah broke her leg, you would never say that about any other kind of activity that was associated with anything else you wouldn't be like how was your gym session amazing mate a fracture my ankle and i'm never able, i'm not able to train for six weeks that you, just, myself. You, you wouldn't say that whereas 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 with a night out because there's alcohol involved and substances involved you're like oh it was amazing john got arrested and he's probably gonna lose his job i mean it was all up and <laughs> some laugh though and you're like i mean it's sometimes these experiences are so valuable and i would say up to the age of like 22 i think there's so much you can still learn from going out with your pals and get getting mad with and going to different clubs and bars and holidays and whatnot but after that there's less and less nuance and new experiences that you can gain from going out in your local town and area or in your country that will teach you anything unless it's a special occasion i would say I, i'm a lot more selective and it's, it's cool to hear that you still enjoy your, your big piss-ups but you may be a little bit more selective on when you choose to yeah, partake um, in those bigger ones I don't like how I like I don't like how it affects my business and stuff as well. Like I don't like going in and being like a bag of dicks for my clients. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't really think that's yep. especially when they're paying a premium rate. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's not like it's cheap like, to come in and just me stood there like, all right, man, how's it going? <laughs> Can you get me a coffee, please? Yeah, ex- exactly that, Christian. It's no, it's a, it's an interesting one. Sobriety is a really hard pill to swallow because it's so built into our society. And I think the important thing to underline is that I will drink again when the occasion's right. So I probably would have had a drink on my birthday there if I was able to have my usual group of 20, 30, 40 friends at my flat and then go into a night out in town and have a have a big party and it'd be quite special. But 
in this COVID environment, in my opinion, it's actually easier to abstain from alcohol than ever before, particularly when you've got those external stressors. You sometimes don't want to heap a depressive substance on top of that, even if you aren't somebody that suffers with a diagnosed mental health condition, you will still find that you might feel yourself a bit more down and uh, struggling if you are heaping things like alcohol. And in, in Scotland, cocaine is now increasingly common as well. If you're putting these substances in, in your nights out on a weekly basis, no wonder you're maybe finding it this lockdown period quite challenging or you're finding your job insecurity or your, or your long-term financial prospects more daunting because of what's going into your body as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of folks sometimes it's like when they come to me and it's like, they're going, right, I just need a program. That's what I need. And I start digging deep to the life and they're out in the piss every single weekend. They smoke, they don't eat well. They, they, you ask them about their sleep and they're looking at you like, what do you mean? Like I sit up and I'm like, what time do you put your phone off at? And they're like, what, what do you mean? And they're sitting up to half 12, they drink energy drinks, they have coffee late. And you're like, it's not, you don't need a training program, man. You need like, a new schedule you need to sit and like get some law and order in your life man not like is it like you need to just have a bit of discipline there to go this isn't working well for you it's not because you're missing it yeah exercise is a big piece of the puzzle but you, there's a lot of a lot of puzzle pieces that are just torn up to pieces do you know what I mean that you need to get in place um, but and- look at look at the messages that trainers get Christian so see when you put a physical transformation up of your clients yeah. how often do they send messages like it's the happiest I've ever been Yes, I was dieting on lower calories and never dieted on before, but I'm so happy. I've got a routine. I've got habits. I've got structure. I love it. It's because you've enabled that part of their lifestyle. And in order to achieve a fat loss goal or a, a muscle building goal or a transformation goal, they had to cut away some of the stuff that was really holding them back in a lot of aspects of their life. And I guess when I talk about things like the office athlete, to be the best version of me, I like to have my fitness on point because it means I go into work and I'm confident. I, I feel good in my suit. I feel good phoning up a, a finance director who runs a multi-million pound business because I've looked after myself and I'm in a good mindset. I'm feeling healthy. I'm well slept. I'm well rested. I know what my message is going to be to him. I know I'm going to ejection handle because I'm in a good headspace because of all the little things that go on alongside that. And I, I do always joke about this. There's guys that do my job probably even more successful than me that are overweight, smoke, drink, maybe take drugs, whatever they want to do, that's fine. But to be the best version of me and to give myself the best possible chance of being good at my job and successful in the corporate arena, which to an extent for my age, I'm very proud of where I am. I need to look after myself and tick those boxes. So I would, I would encourage anyone listening to this that's not giving themselves the best possible chance of looking after themselves with things like sleep, hydration, training, nutrition, and what you consume and put in your mind through your phone. Give yourself a chance by ticking some of those boxes and you can see from what Christian and I are talking about that it can make you happier, healthier, and even wealthier as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's, 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 it's more of a new age thing as well. Like you, you obviously do get a lot of people in the older generation, but I'm part of a community in Ayrshire called the Fit Ayrshire Dads. I'm not a dad, but it's, it's, a, it's probably yeah. worth mentioning as well. Like anyone that's listening to us that's from Ayrshire, and you're a male, honestly, join it. It's a, it's a great community. And basically it's to encourage fitness and that's what that event was that I, it was it's known as the fads and I, I took part in a duathlon yesterday it was great and, it. and that basically like kevin brown that started it in the group of guys and kevin's the main sort of uh, the it's a charity it's it's not it's not profit run or anything like that um they i remember they told me they started it it was the guys that didn't exercise 
but partied for years that now found exercise and it's it's bro it's a brilliant community and it's it's really really good it's free as well so if anyone is listening from Ayrshire honestly get involved in it it's great but that generation that from talking to them a lot of the guys that I've met through it that are a good bit older than me and stuff it's, there's no set age range on there's a lot of young guys but you see a regular occurrence of now that this new age of younger people are becoming more savvy they are that do you know I mean like you rewind back um, 20 years, there probably wasn't people having conversations like me and you. There's, there, there was, the, 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 not as many. There's a lot of people doing that. I speak to clients yeah. on a daily, regular basis going, today, three conversations talking about alcohol, talking about how we don't drink as much. I was saying I'm having a drink on Friday night and uh, like this Friday night coming and I'm like, it, oh man, I, I'm, I'm going to just make sure I don't ru- ruin my weekend. That's basically what I was talking about. But we're discussing that you rewind back 20 years, that wasn't a regular conversation, but now it is. It's becoming because folk do want to optimize their health. Folk do want to optimize their fitness. They want to optimize their mindset. One of the conversations that was popping up today, like I know I'm diving away into mental health here. Like uh, before I say anything this, I'm not a mental health professional. This is just my opinion. And I'm becoming more and more inclined to say like medication wasn't there. Like let's go back, I don't know, 50 years ago. And now it's yep. just the done thing to hop on it. And you need to be asking yourself the question, why is that? Is that not due to lifestyle? Is that not due to what we're doing that's causing that? Like this, these pills have came about. And honest, I know that it will help a lot of people. I know that it's, it's, it's I'm not saying in any way whatsoever that it shouldn't be. But I'm, I think that now it's just the, oh, I'm on this medication. I'm on this for anxiety. You should be asking yourself the question, how did this come about? Do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a level of anxiety. But was it because of you start digging a wee bit deeper and you realize that maybe people aren't looking after themselves and their bodies are screaming at them? I always use the example that look at some of the feats that human bodies, Ross Edgley swam around the UK, but there's people who don't go out for a walk. Your body's going to be screaming. Like your body's, that's two ends of the spectrum, right? That's one extreme, yeah. then another extreme, right? It's probably not, I'm not going to say he, he ruined his body doing that as well. But at the same time, the person doing nothing's also ruined the body but they don't see it as that because they're not feeling it physically, they're feeling it mentally. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is a, that's a big point. It's a wee bit of a tangent, but very valid. I, no, hu- huge, hugely valid. And I think addressing that medication point, you're, 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 you're in very firm grounds there because you can take whatever you want from the doctor, but if you don't address some of the things that are making you feel worse alongside a potential chemical imbalance or whatever you've been diagnosed with, then it's a, it's a sticking plaster for a gaping gash wound that is within your your body and your mind. And not sleeping for eight hours, being on your phone for eight, nine hours a day or scrolling Instagram, looking at stuff that upsets you or fucking debating debating people about veganism and Donald Trump on, 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 on Twitter. It's not healthy for you. And never exercising or never going outside and going for a walk. You're, you're not giving yourself the best possible chance to be mentally happy and healthy no matter how much uh, you, you 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 take a you take a mood enhancer or a mood leveler or, or, or whatever you've been diagnosed with give yourself the best possible chance by by looking after yourself from a self-care perspective with the basic fundamentals that we probably covered here no definitely um yeah it's a bit of a tangent there but it's, it's very very relevant as well and i think it's it's it's, mo- it's something that i've i've grew to like it kind of ties into the next com- the next question that I was going to ask you there. Um, obviously, Colin, you've got Cambro Conversations, your podcast. How's that going for you? 
it's it's been an incredible project. So I'd been, like I said, on Instagram for about three and a bit years when I started the podcast in, in March. I've been in a fortunate position where I've been a guest on, I think it was six or seven podcasts during 2019. And after each one, I was getting great feedback from the people I'd shared it with on, in, in my followers. And I was thinking, this is a platform where I can contribute. I can have good conversations. I can articulate myself quite well through practice that I've had through work in terms of presenting and speaking to clients and prospects. And I think there's a, not a niche, but there's an area that I can talk about in terms of like you're doing, young guys from the, from the West of Scotland able to art- articulate themselves and speak about subjects that maybe some people are shying away from across fitness, across mental well-being, across health, across productivity and happiness, all these different things. Sometimes it's nice to hear it from a voice that's familiar. Don't get me wrong, I listen to a lot of podcasts from absolute top performers and top class people, but sometimes if I listen to somebody who's one or two chapters ahead of me in their self-development journey, I can resonate even more and take even more from it. So that's the that's the name of the podcast. We're just under 40 episodes in now. The the listen numbers continue to grow by week, but the most important thing for me is the kind of the number of messages and the number of shares that I get on people's stories in terms of people saying that was brilliant, the number of messages. And depending on what I've like each week there's always a different nucleus of people messaging me about different stuff because I try to have a, a variety of podcasts. I've had lots of different fitness trainers. I've had a, a Forex trader. I've had a, a sleep doctor. I've had a professor in, 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 in resilience. I've had somebody who started a clothing business. There's, there's lots of different variety that I've managed to bring to it. And from a selfish perspective, and I know it's something you and I have, have, have laughed about together recently, it's been a great way for me to continue to level up how I speak, how I put my message across. I've become more concise, more direct, more passionate and able to articulate my point. So previously, if we spoke about sobriety, I probably would have needed about half an hour to tell you all about it, but we've managed to condense that down to 10, 15 minutes to cover some of the main points, which is, which is great. And yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic experience and probably more gratifying and enjoyable than just posting on Instagram because Instagram is a picture app at the end of the day. And sometimes your, your best laid plans to try and provide support to somebody with a long caption doesn't get seen by as many people as you want. Whereas the podcast is there forever. And I'm sure you'll find this as well. It's quite funny. Sometimes people listen back to like episode three and that was in March and somebody tags you and you're like, wow, that's incredible that you're going back and listen to that. But off the back of this podcast, maybe somebody will think, oh, I enjoyed what Colin said and you'll go into my archive and you'll find that maybe you like episode 14 and but the but there's no kind of time limit on it like there is on instagram where you're never going to scroll somebody's page and read all their posts are you it's a slow burner isn't it yeah yeah it's a it's it's a it's a great thing it, for me kind of touching on those points there like it's it's done so much for me it's allowed me to connect with so many people it's allowed me to like make some great connections in the sort of coaching community which i'm very grateful for um it's it's up my content game like um as you said articulating points like talking a lot deeper about things like not meaning like fucking getting deep but like i'll make a cut like i used to just maybe talk about something that was like very very run-of-the-mill tomorrow i've put one a video that i've created talking about defining success which for me is something that, that now, as you said, you can articulate points better. And, and people have been saying to me, Christian, you've leveled it up with your content recently. And I'm like, well, it's down to this. Like it's, it's down to this. Like, um, I'm able to provide a better service. For my, like my clients on like every week now, I do a, a Thursday night live seminar into my bootcamp group. No problem at all. 
at first yeah. I was struggling. I was going, what will I do for these? And, and now I'm just like, right, do this, this, this. And I'll talk about this because I've been talking about this this week with five clients. It's came up. I mentioned this in the, uh, the podcast with Colin and my clients have been frequently struggling with this. Right, great point. And folk are tuning in and taking so much value. And it's it's a huge one. And just the, just the way that you can get your message across, I think that the feedback that um, I've been getting on this podcast is crazy. And like I'm now getting people as clients. So today I um, had a new client come in, having a chat, and he's telling me about something, how he started his changes, going, oh, it was something you said in, like, say, for example, earlier in the year. And you're like, fucking hell, man. Like that's, it's, and it's so nice to see that people are listening. Like it's, it's actually like the last podcast was me actually introing in. Like I had a couple of big guests on that obviously got, I've got listeners in Guatemala and Guatemala and Trinidad and Tobago. I was like, what? <laughs> um, so it's, it's a pretty amazing thing that the reach can go out there and people are tuning in. I don't know how frequently these people, I keep name dropping them as if I'm like a celebrity and Guatemala and Trinidad and Tobago. But um, like, it's, it's, it's done a lot for me. Like, and it's done more things than what I realized and I never even thought of it. Like, and it's something that I'm grateful for that having the time over lockdown, it's something that I've loved podcasts for a long time because they've gave me so much value. And I always said, yeah. God, I would love a, a value. Uh, I think I would love one. And the other day I was with my cousin and uh, we were out walking the dogs and we were talking about books and I turned to him and I was like, I'm going to write a book one day. And he was like, he, he, he was like that. He talking about it. And I was like, I, I'm pretty confident I'll write a book one day. Like, like, yeah, yeah like I, I don't know, like just the way that I, f- I feel like it's another thing for me to go, the world's your oysters, do you know what I mean? Like you go, well, this has grew in such a way I never imagined. I never even thought the way it would, do you know what I mean? So it is, it's, it does a lot for you. And I suppose this goes way back to what we were saying about like kind of why I had that sort of respect for you starting a blog when it wasn't even your actual field. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that takes a yeah. lot to do that. And I think people need to remember that the people that you look at in the top of any field, they started off, the exact same they didn't do a course that set them up for it they just started doing something and it blossomed do you know what i mean it just it took off and i think that's what folk need to realize with things is yeah we're not quite up there with joe rogan we're not quite do you know what i mean but at the end of the day it's still it's still growing and it's growing at a different rate it's, it's growing a different way but people the, the saying i always say is don't focus on someone else's chapter 20 when you're only on your chapter one do you know what i mean um but yeah, yeah. massive points yeah, it's done a lot for me. Um, and I'm, it was, I think when I put this in, this, this, when I sent Colin what we were going to talk about as well, like he totally got everything that I said because we're both podcast hosts. Like it's like, these are very, very valuable points. And I think that one alone is, is massive. Like, so I think the biggest point for me to take away from that before you want to add anything in Colin is that like, if you think that you want to do something where it's changing your job up, where it's like starting a, a social media account, just fucking do it. Like, do not, like, don't go, oh, maybe I'll just throw this off. You think, if you want to open a cafe, if you think that you've got some sort of creative thing that can go, just do it, honestly, because it will just grow. It's crazy. Yeah, I, compl- I completely agree. If you throw yourself into it with the right approach and the right dedication to it, that's fantastic. And this is not to ruffle any feathers, but a lot of people started podcasts at the start of the lockdown period, but too many of them aren't didn't continue it. And... I don't think they gave themselves the best possible chance to continue. Whereas you're 20 episodes in now, I, I'm coming up for 40. It's, it, the proof is in the pudding because we are now reaping the benefits to being consistent and producing good quality content that Definitely. people resonate with. 
and and that's that that's what's that's what's really valuable by continuing to do it in that time under tension and that that kind of grafting away and, and and producing over time really really adds up whereas if you'd maybe just done five or six episodes and called it a day you wouldn't be having this conversation with me about all the different ways that you've improved over the podcast you probably get a small benefit for five or six episodes but yeah. now you've you've times that by four or five and you're in a, a, a much a much but much better position i think for anyone listening that's thinking obviously we've we've suggested things like if you've got a passion or whatever to replicate what what christian and i've been getting from podcasts in the last six months something you should absolutely do at least once per week is sit down with a friend for half an hour in a in a in a, a quiet room so to speak no tv on put your phones away and just chat about stuff what comes to mind? What's going on in the world? What's your opinion on such and such? And you'll get a similar benefit because you'll find that they've got a lot deeper opinions when they're not checking their Instagram story every two minutes or, oh, hold on, let me just uh, let me just text somebody back or, oh, uh, oh, have you seen this Netflix episode? And you put it on the background and obviously it's a distraction for your conversation. Have engaging conversations with the people around you and you're not obviously you don't need to record it but you you'll benefit from having a good back and forth so christian and i have been completely present and immersed in this conversation because we're we're talking over a laptop screen it'd be amazing to do these kind of things in person when covid allows but having these chats is so beneficial and if you're not somebody that wants to host a podcast which the vast majority of us aren't sit down to a chat with your friend for half an hour get the phones out of the room get the tvs off have a nice chat, explore different things, and you'll probably find that you benefit from being able to articulate yourself or be more concise about all sorts of subjects that you never thought you would ever touch on. Definitely. That's a great piece of advice, mate, because it's exactly all, it's all we're doing right now. We're just genuinely conversing. We've got a few talk, so, subject points, but as it's and it, like, honestly, it sounds so, so silly. And it's like one of those things where people talk about the disc meditation or like, don't knock it till you've tried it because you will start to see honestly like the way that things go and they just they, they just grow but the big thing i think that why me and you have stuck it out is we've obviously got a long like that i was sitting shouting every day at my boot camp tonight going like being here tonight when it was this miserable night like being grinding through this will pay off in other areas of your life the fact that you show up the fact that you are here and folk do not see that whereas when I started a podcast, I knew it, episode 20. I didn't quite imagine like the way that the sort of way, I knew that what it would do for me though. I knew that if I kept showing up, it was going to grow. I was only, it's only a matter of time. I know if I want to run a certain speed for a certain distance, it's only a matter of training. I know if I want to get strong on a certain lift, it's only a matter of progressive overload in the gym. I don't think about not being able to do something. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take me to get there. That's where, like, honestly, for anyone listening in, that's the way you need to look at things. You should be looking for progress, not perfection. There's a there's a mic drop moment there, Christian. There's your there's your there's your audio clip to preview it. That was <laughs> superb, mate. I completely agree. Like, there's like you say, there's so many little steps you need to take, but these things compound over time and they add up and they get you to position. And don't get me wrong, you and I will listen back to this in a year's time and we'll laugh about about maybe how how underdeveloped our, our, our conversation skills were, but we were, we were doing our best at the time. But in a year's time, we'll be even fucking better. We'll have a bigger podcast. We'll have more people listening. We'll be impacting more people even deeper than we are at the moment. And that's a, that's a really positive thought. And it's the same for the people that turned up at the boot camp in the pouring rain. They'll, they'll be fitter next week. And they'll definitely be fitter than the people that didn't go. So 
the, the, it's a small win that adds up and compounds over time and I love compound interest and delayed gratification and all these buzzwords but the, the, we've really put it into simple terms there I think no definitely so to finish off mate what's, what's your plans now with your sort of career fitness journey podcast anything else coming up anything else in the pipeline yeah in, 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 ter- in terms of my career um, I'm in a very fortunate position I'm at the world's biggest insurance broker so I'm in the place that I need to be but there's so much room for me to grow within that business and be successful in terms of my sales target, my, my income that is attached to my name in terms of what I bring in, the different clients that I'm able to help and assist. And that's incredibly exciting and I continue to have a passion for that. So that's going to continue to grow. There's the opportunity in a number, in, depending on how far down the line, to have some people management as well, which has never been a massive driver for me, but as I grow a bit older, maybe a bit more paternal in my old age at 28, maybe I'm, I'm, more, I'm more interested in that. In terms of, in terms of fitness, um, you and I were laughing. I've always been physique focused and I'm at a stage now where I'm, I would say potentially close to my natural limit in terms of muscle mass on my frame. And I've turned my head to do a wee bit more conditioning stuff, a wee bit more Metcon, uh, metabolic conditioning, CrossFit style workouts. So there is strong rumors that crossfit call will be joining a crossfit gym in glasgow soon um so we'll see if we can get the paperwork all signed up to get me involved but uh, that's <laughs> maybe something that i'll exp- that's maybe something i'll explore and then alongside that the side projects the instagram i'll continue to to plug away on there but the podcast my main focus in terms of content creation there's a couple of things in the pipeline with respect to uh, courses and support that that, that that I offer but nothing nothing finalized yet and I've also got a couple of uh, higher quality productions that I'm involved in with regards to videos and um, one of which may well end up on the TV so we'll see what happens with that um, but I can maybe I can maybe tell you about that offline <laughs> well, that's, that's good mate it's good good to hear things are going well for you then man um, I'd just like to say thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute blast. Great conversation. One that's like, again, as I said, I was I was curious to how it would go and stuff like that as well, just because I've only followed you for a short period of time. I didn't know what the full script was, but I just knew that having another podcast host on, into fitness, do you know what I mean? Not necessarily a coach, but just blogger, podcast host. I was like, this is going to make for a good chat, and it certainly has, mate. So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, I've, I've loved being on. And if, if people have been, enjoyed chatting and listened to what I've got to say, uh, we spoke earlier, podcast Cambro Conversations on Apple and Spotify. And the Instagram is call.cambro. So if you've listened to this and you've enjoyed it, please make sure you drop me a message and let me know that you came across from, from Christian's podcast. And I'll be happy to, to have a chat with you about anything that I've discussed tonight or anything that I've maybe not discussed that you want to hear about too. That's superb, mate. So thanks very much, guys. Um, so standard stuff. If you have listened to the podcast, what to do is screenshot it and tag us on your stories. It's always a good way to share the message as well. And definitely give a call and a follow as well. So um, I'll catch you in a bit and I'll see you later on.